Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Isn't God good? Amen. We are blessed by God, the favor of God in our lives. Amen. We don't want to miss out on what God has in store. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We trust that we know and believe that the ladies had a great time at ladies' conference. Amen. It's always a blessing to be able to go, amen, and connect with one another and hear what God is doing, amen, in your lives. Amen. So if you want to know about any events, the uh, upcoming events, be sure to check online the bulletin, online digital bulletin, amen, that God, uh, we want to be connected with the, the church and the body, what's going on, amen, as we can go to the word of the Lord today, turn your attention to the book of 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, for the reading of the word. Man, how many are thankful for the word of God? It's not just words on the page, amen, but the Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful. It is alive, amen, and so that's what we uh, are sustained by, his word, and we're going to look into his word today, 1 Samuel 17. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Isn't it amazing how many people in your life tell you you can't do something? And if we listen to everything, every one of those uh, people, that the naysayers in our life, where would we be? We wouldn't be where we are. But David said, you can say what you want, but I, I trust in my God. I've had an experience with God. I know what God can do for me, and I'm going to listen to God and not you, Saul. Uh, and so David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep, came a lion, a bear, took a lamb out of the flock, and I went out after him smote him, delivered him out of his mouth, and when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. You see, he wasn't even, he didn't even have a shadow of doubt. He said, it's going to happen. Sometimes we just got to start speaking that faith into our situation. It's going to happen. It shall happen. Why? Because God is for me. Who can be against me? Amen. We're going to see the victory uh, of that Jesus is going to give us. Amen. And so seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God, David said, Moreover, the Lord hath delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear. He will deliver me out of this hand of this Philistine. And David, and Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. See, had David, had Saul been building altars and had his connection with God, he would have said, I'm with you, David. I believe it. Go, go right ahead. But yet Saul, in his state, he said, you're not able to go. And so David girded, uh, verse 38, and Saul armed David with his armor, put on the helmet of brass upon his head. He armed him with a coat of mail, and David girded his sword up upon his armor, and he essayed to go. Uh, for he had not proved it, and David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them uh, off him, and he took his staff in his hand, 
He chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, and he put them in the shepherd's bag, which he had even in a scrip and a sling in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. Amen. I want to preach to you today from this title, Small But Mighty. Small but mighty. We may be small, but our God is mighty to save, mighty to deliver. Amen. We just got to follow after him. Greet a few people as you're seated this morning. How many of you would say that you are scared to death or terrified of sharks? Yeah. Many, if not most of us are. Um, um, and, and, and I guess that goes to different levels. If you have a, a deathly fear of it, maybe you probably will not be going to the beach, beautiful beaches around us, or swimming out there. Uh, because you know deep down that there's a shark out there with your name on it, right? And he knows once I stepped in the water, he's here. He knows I'm here. It's amazing. And uh, or, or or maybe you think that you are just so lucky that when you jump into the river or the lake that you're going to land right on top of it, an alligator or something. And uh, it'll be, that'll be it for you. But uh, it's amazing that many people share in that fear of, of sharks um, and other dinosaur animals in the water. But do you know actually how many people are actually killed by sharks? Very small. Very small, 5, 10, 12 people maybe a year. I mean, it's very small people, uh, amount of people. Uh, alligators kill less than one person per year, and yet everyone's afraid of them. Uh, and so the odds of a great white uh, shark biting you at the beach or an alligator latching onto you uh, is very, very unlikely. Very, very small chance of that actually happening, and yet we live in fear of those. Um, you are, um, I, I think somebody said some numbers, like you have a one in like four million chance of dying from a shark. But you have a one in five chance of dying of a heart disease. And yet we're afraid of the sharks. And yet we walk around every day with a 20% chance of possibly dying of heart disease. Uh, you, you're, you have uh, like a one in a thousand chance maybe uh, uh, of dying in a car accident. And how many times do we get in our car every single day? We, we, we can die uh, eight or ten times in a car accident before we'd ever die from a shark. Uh, and yet we, 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 we seem to avoid uh, the waters or, or that it's always lurking out there. Uh, uh, it's amazing how our, our imagination can really feed into things and make things a whole lot uh, greater and, and worse than they actually are. 
Uh, that's why Paul says we are to cast down every imagination because if we allow our imaginations to go, they begin to create these worlds and these, these situations that never come to be, but yet in our minds they're real, and in our minds, it, what do they do? They actually can, can paralyze us and prevent us from doing things because of something that is all up in our mind, and rarely we have such a small chance of that actually playing out. And we see how 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 the world handled COVID with a 99.9 or 5 percent chance of survival. Uh, the 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 fear that was out there. Um, God forbid the next pandemic is a 98 percent chance. If we did that from 99 percent chance of survival, uh, it, 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 how how much closer uh, to 100 percent can we get? But yet. Uh, we see how the world reacted because of that, and, and, and you may know people that uh, died from it or, or whatever, but uh, the, the statistics are, are, are small compared to the overall uh, number of things and, and the survival rate, uh, but how people can get so locked up with when they allow fear to go into their minds and, and their imaginations to run wild. We, we can live uh, our lives in fear of those things, and that keeps us from doing uh, and living the life that God has uh, for us. And the truth is, is if you are going to be killed by an animal, most likely you will be killed by a mosquito. According to the numbers, you are more likely to die of a mosquito than of a shark. Because all the diseases that mosquitoes can carry, it doesn't have the teeth of a shark or the jaws of an alligator or doesn't have the roar of a lion. But this small, seemingly insignificant little bug is one of the most dangerous animals in the world. A mosquito. Human beings kill about 500,000 people every year. Snakes kill 50,000. Dogs kill 25,000 people. But mosquitoes kill nearly 725,000 people a year. Mainly due to malaria and uh, that makes mosquitoes one of the deadliest animals in the world. And, and if we are not careful, if we are not watchful, we can be killed by the little things. The small things can actually kill us while we're worried about the big things. We're worried about the big shark or the big alligator. It's the little thing that can easily sneak in and we can actually die from something so small but yet powerful. Uh, in our walk with God, many times it's the small little things that we have ignored in our heart that can actually cause us to, to die spiritually. While we're so worried about maybe the, the, the devil running around or showing up in our lives, the big scary devil, we can allow little things in our life that are small but can, can become mighty to actually have a greater impact in our lives. And yet while we're looking for the devil, we're allowing these little mosquitoes, spiritual mosquitoes in to, to, to bite away at us if we are not careful. Uh, and so all it takes is one bad apple. To spoil the bunch. 
a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And uh, a lot of sin will keep you out of heaven, but so will a little sin. We like to focus on the big sins, the bad sins, and all the big ones, but even a little sin will still keep you out of heaven. It doesn't matter what the sin is or the severity of it. All sin will keep you out of heaven. And we like to point the fingers at those who may commit the big sins. But we're all in the same boat if we sin. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, and we all need redemption. We all need help. We all need saving. Uh, and so uh, if, you, if you listen to the people out there, they, uh, we, we point the fingers at, at the murderers and, and, and the, the bad people out there that, you know, they're definitely going to hell. But, uh, but those who uh, commit heinous crimes against humanity, they, we all can agree that they're uh, destined for eternal punishment. Uh, but the Bible doesn't only mention murderers as wicked people. But the Word of God says anyone that has sin in their life, whether it's a lot or it's a little, is not going to make it into heaven. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators or adulterers or adulterers, nor feminine or abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves or covetous or drunkards or revilers or extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Even the people, it says the covetous, those that covet. I mean, you may not even actually do anything, but you can still covet. You're all, a coveter is lumped in with a murderer. Right next to the murderer is a coveter. And so it's the little things, it's the small things that are going to keep most people out of heaven. Because obviously most people aren't committing these uh, horrible crimes and sins. But they are still committing small sins. And uh, a sin is a sin in the eyes of God. Uh, And so the little ones can easily sneak by our radar. And all it takes is a little leaven. To leaven the whole lump. 1 Corinthians 5 says, Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a a, a new lump as ye are unleavened. And so we need to make sure that we are purging ourselves on a daily basis and purging out that old leaven, getting rid of those old ways, those old habits, those unrighteous, ungodly things, Not just focusing on the big things, as those can easily get our attention, but also the little things as well, because it's those small thoughts that become words. And those words become actions, and those actions become habits, and habits become a lifestyle, all because of it started with a small thought that began to grow and small thoughts become mighty. I don't know about you, but I didn't like that old life that I was living, that old leaven, those thoughts, those things I used to say or do, that old lifestyle. Uh, uh, People just don't wake up one day and say, oh, I want to be unrighteous. I want to be a a fornicator. I want to be an adulterer. I want to be a thief or a murderer. People just don't wake up. God help us if they do, but... Uh, people, no, most people just don't wake up and say, that's what I want to be. But it starts with the little things. 
It starts with the thought that, and eventually we become somebody who we're not proud of and doing and saying things that leave us feel guilty and we condemn ourselves and then people point fingers at us. But thankfully, uh, that is not the end of, of the story of the redeemed of God because 1 Corinthians 6 says, And such were some of you, but now you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. I'm grateful that Jesus gave us an opportunity to purge ourselves of that old leaven, of that old sin, of those things, so that we can become somebody new to get rid of those big sins and those little sins, all sins in our lives that we need to get rid of. And if you haven't been washed, if you haven't been sanctified, if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins and the purging and the washing away of that old lifestyle, then you uh, can walk out of here a new person today if you get baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, I mean, I'm thankful to have been uh, baptized in his name, calling upon the name that is above every name. Amen. Uh, praying a, a small prayer of repentance and asking God to forgive you of your sins may seem like a small thing, just a small little prayer. What kind of impact can a single prayer make? I'll tell you, a small prayer can have a big impact. Because we serve a big God, and all God needs is a little bit of faith. He, Jesus said, just the faith of the grain of a mustard seed, and you can speak to the mountain in your life. That's a small thing, a small amount of faith, but it becomes mighty when we, when we mix it with our faith and with God and what God can do, because God can take care of the mighty. He just needs a small part of us to contribute to the factor. Luke chapter 15 says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. And, and so uh, don't let the devil convince you that spending a few moments in prayer and repenting is, is not worth your time and it's small and not worth it. Heaven is having a party because one sinner is just having a small prayer saying, oh, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. It may not seem like it's a lot, but something that small is mighty in the eyes of God. Why? Because that sinner is turning their life around, turning their ways to Jesus Christ. And so something small can become so big and mighty that all of heaven is rejoicing over a sinner who comes to repentance. Why? Because God sees the power in the small things. God sees the power in a, a heart that is turned to him. And if I can turn their heart, I'm going to turn their whole life around and they're going to see a big and mighty change in somebody who gives their heart to God. And it all starts with just a small prayer, small prayer of repentance. It, it may seem like a little thing and not worth much, but I'm going to say a prayer anyways. It may, other people may not, may discount it, but hey, I know God sees the power of small prayers. And getting baptized in Jesus' name might not seem very important. What is, what is, you know, just 
you're just kind of going in the water and you're getting wet for for a little bit. It, it may not seem like it, a, an important thing, but all it takes is going under the water one time and calling upon the name that is above every name, calling upon Jesus as you are baptized and buried with him, and that changes your life forever. One small act, and all of a sudden, all your sins are washed away in the eyes of God. It is small, but it becomes mighty in the eyes of God. Amen. And so if you haven't repented, if you haven't just had a conversation with God saying, God, I don't know, I don't know why I'm here today. I'll tell you why, because God has something for you. It is, no, there's no accidents, there's no coincidences in the kingdom of God. God. God has been drawing you by his spirit, and now you are here today. And so the next small step that you can take is say, God, forgive me of my sins. God, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I've made all these mistakes. And let me tell you, that small thing can become a mighty force in your life when we're giving our heart to God and asking him to cleanse us of that old leaven. Ecclesiastes 10 and 1 says, Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor, so doth a little folly of him that is in reputation for wisdom and dishonor. It doesn't take a whole swarm of flies to cause the oil to stink. All it starts with is something small, one small fly, one small dead fly, one little thing, and then the oil can start to turn and turn rancid and begin to smell. And so God help us to, to guard our eyes and our hearts and our homes and to keep watch for the little things. I know we're looking for the big things, but we need to make sure our eyes are also on the small things because uh, those are the things that can slip in unawares. One of the most iconic and most important things in Israel was the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark was obviously the, uh, the symbolic presence of God where he told them, uh, lay it out, build these things after the pattern in heaven. Uh, and so it's where God's glory uh, it was manifested on the mercy seat between the cherubim angels and uh, it marked the, the presence of God and his power and his glory there. And so it was there in the tabernacle in the wilderness. Behind the curtains was the Holy of Holies where the ark was in the innermost chambers and a place that was so sacred that the only man, the high priest, was allowed to go behind the veil and to see it with his own eyes. Only one man once a year was permitted to go in there. He got to see the two cherub angels with their wings extended over the mercy seat where, where God would manifest his presence. And uh, entering into the Holy of Holies was not a small thing, but it was a big deal. God had given Moses and Aaron precise details of how uh, and procedures to follow when they were going to enter into the Holy of Holies. And it was such a big deal that one of the procedures was you're the high priest and you're tied. Uh, after you put on your garment, you, you, you wrap a rope around your waist. And you give the other end to somebody else who's not going in there with you. Because God forbid... You 
skipped over a small detail. And God would strike that person dead. And they would have to drag them out because nobody else is going to go in there. And so something that's so small yet can become so mighty in the eyes of God. Uh, And so we got to make sure that as much as we're looking out for the big things, it's the little things that have a big, uh, big say in our lives and even so much as, as just the fire that was used in the tabernacle and the offering of sacrifices, um, we may not think, well, fire is fire. But fire is not fire in the eyes of God. A small detail, but yet it's a drastic difference in the eyes of God. Something small can become so big and mighty. Uh, we know there's a story that gives us about Uh, the sons of Aaron called uh, Nadab and Abihu. The Bible says they took with them a censer and and they put fire therein and and put incense in there. But this fire, they did not get from uh, the brazen altar. They got this fire from somewhere else. Maybe just a little magnesium stick or whatever. They made their own little fire. No big deal, right? Fire's fire. But because they brought in strange fire, as the Bible says it, God struck them down dead uh, because of that small little detail uh, that they skipped over and they did not follow. Uh, Most people will say, well, that's not really that big of a deal. But I'm here to tell you, small things can become big in the eyes of God. And if you're willing to discard this little thing, uh, pretty soon you'll be discarding bigger things along the way. Uh, And so that's why we got to focus and make sure we're watching for the small things because they can become mighty. And we see that uh, Israel experienced this same situation as well, but on a grander scale. They were going out to uh, battle. Uh, they were going to fight the Philistines. And they said, um, who's going to deliver us from the Philistines, which... There, right there, if you're, ask, if, you're, if you're the people of God and you're asking that question, you're already in trouble. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be in that position where you're like, well, who's going to save us? Well, where have you been? Uh, and so that's how far they've kind of swayed uh, from where they were supposed to be. But so they said, we know what's going to save us. The ark is going to save us. And so they bring out the ark and say, yeah, it's the ark. It's, this is, this is the, the biggest uh, uh, symbol that we have. The, the, the representation of our God is the ark. And so bring out the ark. The ark is going to save us. And, and so what happens was uh, they went out to battle, and actually Israel was smitten, and they were defeated that day, and the ark was taken. And so what happened was the ark was taken and the two sons of Eli, the high priest Hophni and Phinehas, they were slain. They were, they were ministers as well, uh, if you can say that. But they, uh, uh, they were killed as well as, as many other Israelites that day. And so what happened was they're so focusing on, uh, on the ark of God. It's the ark. It's this thing this golden box that's going to save us, that they, they overlooked the small things like just living every day for God. 
why do we need to pray when we'll, we'll, we'll get together one day a week and we can pray together? Or, or why do I need to live for God today when uh, we have the ark here? The ark is going to save us. And so we tend to focus on the big things like the ark of God, the presence of God. And, and we understand, and obviously that is a big deal, but uh, let's just bring that out and God will do the rest. And God will fight for us and God will defeat our enemies. And uh, that didn't happen that day in Israel. The people and the priests got lazy and unconcerned with the little things, just like living right and following the commandments of the Lord and uh, living by the law and doing right and, and, and all these things that God had spoken about in the law of Moses. It's those little things that they didn't really pay much attention to that caused the, the defeat uh, in the battle that day. Uh, and so we can get so focused on uh, the big events and the big things that we miss out on the, the important things is just the little things. Um, and so we saw how God, uh, how they were living each day. If you want to do a little Bible study, go look at what Hophni and Phinehas were doing. Uh, they obviously were, were, were not righteous men, yet they were uh, working in the, uh, in the temple of God. The tabernacle, they were uh, Levites, they were priests, but yet they were not uh, righteous men. They were not doing things according to uh, the word of God, the little things that they didn't worry, uh, care about. And so what happened was on the big scale, uh, those little things, those small things became mighty. And God judgment judged them that day. And so... Um, we, we, we like to, to gather here and we enjoy our services here on Sundays and Thursdays and any time we get together as the people of God, we, we have a, a great move of God. Why? Because God is going to be with his people uh, and he's going to dwell in the midst of them. And, and so we can look forward to these services and we should, uh, but uh, these things can be the big things of the week. Uh, while we're focusing on, all oh, that's Sunday, Sunday's coming, Sunday's coming, what about the small things throughout the rest of the week? We can easily uh, overshadow the small things like we got to do on Monday. Why? Well, we just, yesterday was Sunday. Everything's good, but today is Monday. And then Tuesday, well, uh, you know, we're still off, coming off the highs of Sunday and everything as well. But if, if we're not paying attention to the small things, uh, they can end up becoming mighty and, and later on down the road because we're disregarding the things that God is calling us to do, and that is to be a, a faithful follower of him. What did Jesus say? Be faithful of the small things, and I will make you ruler over many things. It's, it's in the testing of the small things that God sees as a big deal in our lives. And so we, we know that uh, we, we can easily forget about the little things all week long to overlook this and this and this. Well, uh, I don't really need to do that. But uh, some things might seem as small and insignificant, but when you add them up day after day, week after week, month after month, pretty soon you have something so large that was created by lots of little things, lots of little actions. And so uh, if 30 days from now you have determined in your mind that you want to be closer to God than you are today, 
If in 30 days from now you want to be more spiritual and more connected and, and stronger in the Lord and, and well-versed in the Word of God, uh, it, 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 you don't, something big doesn't magically happen on day 29. It all starts today, and it starts again tomorrow, and then the next day. These small little steps, these small little things. God, i got to set aside some time for you today. It may seem small, but after 30 days, you're going to be that much stronger in the Lord. You're going to be that much closer to God. Why? Because of all these little things added up to become something great and mighty. And so what would we look like uh, six months from now, if we took uh, small things even that much more seriously. In six months, we can be in the same place, calling for the ark of God. Hey, it's the big things. It's the big, it's the big Sunday service. It's that big special service that's going to change our life around. And, and I hope and pray that we do get some uh, motivation and inspiration from these gatherings and services. But we're supposed to take that with us and, and help start a fire in our home on Monday and rekindle that fire on Tuesday. And on Wednesday, make sure that fire is still burning bright. And Thursday and Friday and Saturday, it all adds up. The small things can become mighty and the eyes and the hands of God, and so we have to do our duty to, to keep to the small things, and then they will grow in the hands of God into something big. One of the most iconic stories in the Bible uh, is our text that we took today uh, about a young shepherd boy uh, goes into battle uh, against a giant of a man uh, a, a war, a man of war, uh, who this was not his first day um, on the front lines, but he has been uh, a proven man of war and probably has killed many people in his lifetime. And so he's, uh, he's a veteran warrior. And here we see uh, a, a, a shepherd boy show up to the front lines for the first time. And it's the young versus that experienced warrior. It's uh, any normal day, and it would not be a question that Goliath would kill this little shepherd boy in a second. Any other people, any other tribe, any other battle, uh, and David or, or Goliath were the one as he had so confidently laughed and mocked and said, you guys are sending, this is who you're sending me. Uh, and so there was not a question uh, if God was not involved, a man like David, a boy like David, would have, would have been killed in a second. But that's why we like to get God involved in our situations because when it seems like we are outnumbered, and we, we usually are outnumbered, that God doesn't take into consideration the amount of people or the strength of anybody else. He's just looking for somebody with some faith and says, hey, I need to get a hold of God in my life. Uh, you come out to me with a sword and a spirit, but I come out to you in the name of the Lord. Uh, and so he needs somebody with a little bit of faith that says, I know I can't can't do it on my own, but with God, all things are possible, and that's when the small becomes mighty. That's when the little shepherd boy becomes a mighty warrior and takes out Goliath, uh, the greatest enemy that the Philistines had, all because God got involved, and the small became the mighty. 
And so uh, the shepherd boy had uh, paid attention because he wasn't, it wasn't a normal day. It wasn't a, a normal shepherd boy. Uh, he was, David was watching what was going on on the hillside that day. And uh, when he was out watching his father's sheep, he tells Saul that a lion came up and snatched a lamb from the flock. And, uh, you know, I'm not a shepherd. I don't think any of us are. But uh, just using our crazy imagination, allowing that leopard, that lion in and, and seeing him come and take a lamb, uh, our first thought would be like, man, that stinks. Poor, bad, poor, poor lamb. I mean, you know, hope he makes it. What am, what am I supposed to do? Go fight the lion? But David was, he, he was thinking differently. He was thinking with a, the mind of faith, seeing through faith. And uh, he tells them uh, that uh, I didn't cut my losses and run away like everyone else probably would have. I went after him because that was my lamb or I, that was my responsibility. And because he took that small step of faith and said, hey, I don't know what's going to happen here. God, you're going to have to be with me praying the whole way there, hunting down a lion. And so we saw that he snatched the lamb right out of his mouth and he, and he killed that lion with his bare hands. Something so small ended up becoming a big act because he killed a lion with his bare hands, and, and if that wasn't enough, lucky David, uh, a bear shows up, does the same thing, and, uh, you know, maybe it's time to, to move pastures or something, I don't know, or, or do a career change, you know, um, but he does the same thing. He's like, I'm not going to let this little sheep go. Uh, and so he goes after the thing. It, it seems so small that, well, you've got a, you got a flock of a 1,000 and you just lost one. That's a, that's a tiny loss. But no, small things can lead to mighty things happen in your life. If you go and pursue the righteousness and walk in faith, all God needs is somebody who's available and willing to say, hey, I'm willing to take that small step. I'm willing to believe that anything is possible when I get my God involved and I have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, God can do something mighty with it. And so uh, David obviously defeated that lion and the bear, and any one of us could have said, well, I'll just go ahead and rot, cross that loss off right there. Inventory was dropped by one. Uh, and so, but it's the little things that God notices. It's the little things that God hears, the small prayers that God hears and gets his attention. Uh, and so because of those small things, David stands there uh, and tells Saul uh, that the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will also deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine and then David, Saul said to David, go, let the Lord be with you. Your, your mind is made up. You've obviously had an encounter with the Almighty God that I have not had. And you're walking by faith and you're believing that God is going to use you. So go right ahead. Uh, and so 
Uh, David said, uh, I had never been in a big battle like this one. I've only fought in little battles, but I know that God is with me in the little battles, and he's going to be with me in the big battles. And so that's why the small is so important, because if God is there with you in the little things, he's going to be there on the battlefield with you when the big giant shows up. If you're willing to walk by faith and say, hey, God has never left me. He's never forsaken me. He's been there when the little battles are showed up. He's brought me through. He's given me victory over those little things. He's going to be with me today in the big battles, in the big fights, fighting the giants of life and the devils because God is faithful in the little things and he will be there with us in the big things. Musicians, if you would come. If Jesus tells us, if Jesus says, uh, be faithful in the little and I will give you the power, the responsibility of the bigger things, if he tells us to do that, then we should tell, we, we, in our minds, we need to be thinking about God like that. Well, if he is faithful with me in the little things, then he's going to be there in the big things. Why would he forsake me when Goliath shows up, when he was there with me in the little things? No, that's not our God. Our God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if he was with me yesterday in some little battle that nobody knows about, it may just be a small prayer. God, take away this headache, and God heals you of that headache. That's not a small thing. That's a big thing. That's a big step of faith. You go ahead and deposit that in your faith bank account it may be a little headache but hey uh, coming down the road you're gonna reach back and say hey I know God healed me of that headache he can heal this disease in my body he can touch this infirmity why because he's already proven himself in the small things and he's just gonna become mighty in the bigger things when I let my faith go and his righteousness and his power shows up And so what did David do? He took off the armor. Saul said, hey, you're going to go to battle here. Here's all my armor. And, and you know, David's like, why would I want your, your armor? You're not a godly man. You know, you're, you're trusting in this, in this physical armor. You're trusting in the sword. And it's like, I haven't proven this thing. I don't know about you, Saul. I, you, if you were a godly man, you've already been out there fighting the, fighting the giant on your own because you didn't know God would be with you. But you just didn't take that step of faith and that small step. And so David says, no, I don't need any of this stuff. I'm just going to walk with my God. And he walked down by the, the brook there, and he grabbed five little stones. He didn't go grab... Uh, a huge stone. Well, I got a huge giant. I need a huge stone. Got to build a trebuchet real quick and launch this huge rock boulder to, to take out this giant. No, I'm just going to grab uh, some small pebbles. That's all I need is something small because it's not this rock that's going to kill him. It's this, this rock and my faith, and I'm going to release it in the hands of God, and God is going to guide that stone. God's going to guide that pebble into the giant's head, and it's the, his faith and that small thing that took down the giant all because he's willing to be faithful in the small things. I just need God to do something small in my life, and I know he's going to be there in the end 
then when the big things show up, I'm just going to pray a small prayer, and I know God's going to hear me, and he's going to do something in my life. That way later on, I know he'll be there for me. Come on, will you stand with me today? Come on, God is here today, and, and we can ask for uh, all the big prayer requests and God to do something big, but I think God just needs to do something small in you. God just to show himself faithful in you. All it takes is for us to do, do something small. And that becomes a big step in the eyes of God. As we said, all it takes is for a sinner to come down and say a small prayer. God, forgive me. I'm a wretched man. I'm a dirty man. I'm messed up. God, forgive me. All it takes is something that small. And God says, hey, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that faith. All it takes is a small little act of just raising up your hand. It may not seem like a big thing, but hey, if you haven't raised your hands before, that, be- that small little action becomes a big thing in the eyes of God. Look, something's happening down there in Fort Myers. Something's happening in that person's life. They're beginning to reach out, reach up to me by faith, believing that if I can do something small in their life, they're going to be there, and I'm going to be there for them. Come on. What's, what's little need that you have from God today? Why don't you come down to the front and begin to lift them up before the the Lord. God is here today to help help you in the small things so that he can be there with you and through it all. In the large things, we may not be facing a giant today, but there's still little battles that you are dealing with that God wants to show himself strong in your life. Come on, will you come? Let's come and seek the Lord. Let's come and praise him for what he's done and what he's going to do because we are going to be victorious today and tomorrow and the next day if we keep up the small things in our life. Come on, let's come worship. And worship is one of those things. God is on our side. He has overcome. Yes, he has overcome. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Jesus, you are on, Take that little step, that small step today. Carrying our burdens, covering our shame. He has overcome, yes. He has overcome. Hallelujah. We will not be shaken. We, we will, will not be moved. Jesus, you are here. I will live, say. I will live. I will not die. The resurrection power of Christ alive. Overcome, yes, he has overcome. We will not be shaken, 